Hi, my name is Philia, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Yemi. Hey, guys. Welcome to Treading, Treading Faith. Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly podcast dedicated to diving into the deep end of open, honest, fun, and sometimes difficult conversations that surround everyday life and our fake walk with Christ. Now, I always say faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So, Yemi, what are we diving into today? Well, we are giving everyone a season pass to miracles where we closely examine the miracles performed by Jesus Christ and we apply those stories to our modern day life. Today, we are covering um, the miracle Jesus performed by healing a man born blind in Jerusalem. This miracle is found in the book of John chapter 9. It's a long one, <laughs> so hold on. I'm reading from the ESV version but feel free to read from any version you like. As he passed by, he saw a blind man from birth and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned that this man, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered them. It was not this man's sin or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit onto the ground and made mud with the saliva. He then anointed the man's eye with the mud and said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some, some said, it is he. Others says, no, but it looks like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, then how were your eyes open? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought, to the, they brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now that it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received sight. And he said to them, he put mud in my eyes and I wash and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division amongst them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, he's a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called his parents, the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him because he's of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he's of age, ask him. So the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know is that I was blind and now I see. They said to him, what did he do for you? 
How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you not he why do you want to hear it again? Do you always want do you want to also want to become disciples? And they reviled him and saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he came from. The man answered, why this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he came from and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he can do nothing. They answer him, you were born in utter sin and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they cast him out and having found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? He answered, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped Jesus for judge. Um, he worshiped Jesus. And Jesus says, for judgment, I came into this world that those who do not see may see and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Amen. Amen. This, was, <laughs> <laughs> this was a long way for us to process the mm -hmm. miracle. I think it was important to run through this because there's different aspects. Like first, the disciples seeing the blind man and asking Jesus, who is the cause of his blindness? Was it his sin or was it his appearance sin? And Jesus is like, come on, bad things happen in this world, but doesn't mean it's because of someone's sin. But when bad things happen in this world, God is here to restore. That's why God is good and he can enter into any situation. So that's one. He has this conversation with, with um, his disciples and show that good works can be done by God. He also tells them that while he's here, he's a light and that soon darkness will come. He's talking about his death at this time when he's performing miracles and he's getting closer to his trial, his final trial. He's telling these people what's to come and that right now he can perform these miracles for people to see. So after he performs this miracle, everyone in town is like, oh my God, who is that? They don't even believe it's him. They bring him before the Pharisees and because it's the Sabbath, they're like, the person who healed you must be a sinner. But this man defends Jesus. He says, I was blind, but now I see. These are the famous words from Amazing Grace. Right. And he, he tells the Pharisee, he kind of rebukes them, telling them the word. He's saying that no one could do this before. And that because this man does it, God gave him power to do so. He cannot be a sinner because God doesn't listen to sinner. Mind you, this man is blind and he's prophesying. He's telling these people, he's speaking the word back to them. He's telling them that what the ability of God is, who the character of God is, what God allows to happen in this world. Does he get this from scripture? Because he was blind, he couldn't read. He right. must have been told. Or is this revelation? Does his sight come deeper? Is the 
site that God gave him more than just the superficial? Was it a spiritual awakening also? I mean, he was so adamant in defending Jesus. He even said like, I'm not here to tell you that he's a sinner or whatever. I'm trying to tell you that he restored my sight and that must power has come from God. And when they asked him, who is Jesus? He said, maybe a prophet. He's like, I don't, I don't know who he is, but he's the one who gave me my sight. And I know that work came from God. And when they continue to press him, he starts to get frustrated. He's like, I've already told you this. You don't, what do you want? What, what else do you want from me? They even question his parents mm -hmm. because a par I guess from this, I'm understanding that there were times where people were blind and their sight was restored mm -hmm. by others. Maybe they had some potion, maybe Maybe they got glasses. Mm. There's all kinds of things that mm. happened. Maybe it was a temporary blindness, but they were saying it's never been done where someone was actually born blind mm -hmm. and it's been restored. So now they call his parents as witnesses because they say he must be lying. He wasn't born blind. This miracle has never been done. No one, this is unheard of. Mm -hmm. And his parents are like, yeah, that's our son. And he was born blind, but they don't want to confess to Jesus. They yeah. don't want to take accountability. <laughs> they're fearful, they're right? fearful, right? And there mm -hmm. comes a time where like, we may be fearful to announce right. our faith. Right. And, but this man who had this miracle performed for him was adamant right. that the power came from God himself. And he does not care if it's the Sabbath and Jesus broke the Sabbath. He was like, he cannot be right. all these things that you're because saying because he healed me. And then when he, and they cast him out, they're like, get out of our synagogue. His parents didn't want to be kicked out. So they're just cowering right. saying, well, he's our son. You ask him all those questions. Don't put us to yeah, trial. He's of age. He's, he's <laughs> of age. You can ask him. Right. And he gets cast out and he probably doesn't care because he was a beggar, right? Mm -hmm. He had no sight and he, he was already a cast, cast away. But now he has sight he can do for himself and he's proud and he can proclaim. And when Jesus encounters him again, he asks, he tells Jesus tells him, like, do you believe in the son of man? And because of what Jesus did, he's like, you tell me who the son of man is and I will worship him. And Jesus reveals himself. Can you imagine? Jesus doesn't tell a lot of people who he was or who he is or what he was telling his disciples, what he came for. But sometimes he doesn't even tell them fully that I am the son of God. It's, Jesus, um, God on the mount, uh, on the mountain of transfiguration mm -hmm. that tells James, John, and Peter that this is my son. Mm. Jesus kind of allows you to have that revelation, but right. here he tells this man directly. He's given him sight multiple times. Correct, multiple spiritual levels. sight, insight. Mm -hmm. All right, and you know it's interesting because this is also where the prophecy you know, um, is revealed when there's division in families, because here the parents did not, like even though Jesus did this for their son, they were so afraid of retribution from the Pharisees that they didn't want to really associate themselves. So they're already denying Christ right there. They're already showing that. So it, it's, it's, that's kind of the example of the world, you know, where people are ashamed to stand up for their faith. Because sometimes when you stand up, you got to stand alone because sometimes going with the crowd is not going with God, you know? So this is kind of a way where this man who, when you have nothing to lose, that's when sometimes you are the most adamant, right? Of authority because like, what could I lose now? So there's no reason for me to lie. There's no reason for me to be afraid of anything because I have nothing to lose. I had nothing I could not see. So I am telling you that this man cannot be the things that you're saying of him because if he were, then he would not have healed me in spite of the Sabbath. 
So he's standing for Christ. And this, this miracle shows us that there are going to be people on the opposition, right? Who are not going to stand or who are going to be wishy-washy mm -hmm. about Christ and their, and their faith. But we have to stand because if we stand for Christ, then we are on that. We are on the right side. We are on the righteous side and we are covered because of it. And this miracle to me is exemplifies why it's important to stand for him. Yes, there there will be a time when we have to make known our faith, right? Yes. It's very easy for Philly and I to do a podcast where it's, we're together, we're mm -hmm. like-minded, we're believers of Christ, mm -hmm. we can go to church, we can testify, we can, we can uh, praise God. But when we're outside in the world, do we do that? When we're confronted, do we do that? Do we say we're believers? Do we hold fast to our convictions? What do we have to lose if we deny Christ? Everything. What do we have to lose if we proclaim Christ? Our life here, the material right. thing. Right. God can provide for anything. We've seen that in all the many miracles that God is a way maker. He can provide for our needs. We know this from testimonies from Philia that God mm -hmm. will provide for you when you don't know where anything is going to come oh, from God. next. He wants us to stand for him. This is who he restores the sight to. And for people who actually have physical sight, when you deny him, he takes away spiritual sight. You, you become disconnected from right. God. Right. And it reminds me of uh, something that recently happened because I can, I, I tell people that I'm a Christian. I have no, I have no problem identifying as a Christian woman, right? I say that. I say that proudly. Like I am a Christian woman. I, 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 I don't deny it if someone asks me if I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. But I always think of time and place, right? And I have to balance like time and place. Am I at work? I'm gonna. Uh, where am I that I can say I'm a Christian? But you can say Christian everywhere. Even people at work. If people ask me about things that I do, I mentioned like, okay, I'm recording my podcast. They ask me what my podcast is about. I tell them it's a Bible study podcast. It's uh, about Jesus Christ and what he's doing. And it's it's a learning and development and it's growth. I explained to them, some people don't, ask, they don't, they won't ask me more questions than that, right? Like people, some people care, some people don't, but this is my way of being a walking uh, embodiment of testifying that I'm mm -hmm. a believer. Mm -hmm. But as it so happens, I was in the restroom the other day and there's a woman who works in cleaning services who's also a minister. And so she's telling me, we're in the bathroom, we're not alone. I know that there's other people in the bathroom with us and I haven't seen her in a while and we're kind of catching up and she's saying, God is good. And I say, yes, it's God. And she's preaching to me, she's ministering to me, but I, I couldn't receive what she was saying saying to me because I'm worried about the other people in the bathroom mm -hmm. and what they hear uh, what they're hearing in our conversation right like I'm saying to myself oh I don't want to be considered the, the fundamentalist the zealot the, the because people uh, if you're a Christian people say all these things they have all these ideas about you you can't do this you can't say this mm -hmm. around me or there goes yummy uh, moral superiority and stuff like that right. and I don't like that because I am a regular human being who's Christian and I was born human, but I was born again in Christ. 
Mm. It doesn't remove yeah, it doesn't remove me from being a human right. and interacting in the world. I just have a different lens. I just have a different language. But I'm still me mostly. And so it it's really hard to reconcile. So here I'm highly conscious of other people. So now I'm lowering my voice, right? She's talking loudly and I'm lowering my voice like, yes, I believe that. Yes, I agree. But I'm quieter about it. And after that interaction, I felt bad. I was, it's like Peter denying mm -hmm. Jesus, right? It's mm -hmm. like, oh my God, why did I do that? Right. I'm, I'm proud to be a Christian. I'm proud to be a Christian woman. I'm proud to have my faith. But when time comes to it, I, I'm worried about what other people are right. thinking. Right. Crazy. It's, it's, it's so funny because you remember the internet where I told you I was there talking about the podcast. And next thing you know, I was removed from the office. <laughs> to go someplace else, right? And yeah, I was just talking so proudly of what we do and, you know, praise God, God is always good all the time. Next thing you know, I'm in another office by myself, but then God elevated me even higher and blessed me with a different situation. So it's like that testimony just goes to show that when when in doubt, you know, always call on the Lord. <laughs> when in, in doubt, shout. Shout. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it is something to always think about because of the world we live in, unfortunately. People are not accepting. And this is what shows here. Like, clearly, you know, there's always going to be division. But you have to know what side you're on. You got to pick a side and stand by that side. And yes, you will be ridiculed and you'll be ostracized and you'll be marginalized. But you know what? I'd rather be on that side than the other side. <laughs> right? I feel you. I'd yeah. rather be on the side, side of the of kingdom yes. than be on, on the outside. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes we do have to check ourselves. Uh, what are we going to choose? Are we right. going to choose Jesus Christ when it comes down to it? Right. Or are we going to be quiet about our faith? Because, right. I mean, even think about like people who go on the train and they're preaching, right? Like if they don't say anything to me, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say hallelujah, you're preaching. I'm not going to affirm them in that moment right. because I know that some of the riders on the subway are annoyed by that. Some people are nodding their heads, but there's hardly anyone who verbally affirms them out loud what would it take for me to come into agreement with what they're saying repent god is at hand or even their testimony of how god is good to them what would it what what would it take what would i lose by affirming them but i'm so fearful about what other people think of me in a large crowd people that i don't know i want to be with i want i want jesus to love me why do i care about strangers i don't know what it is right i'm gonna work on that because mm -hmm. i don't want to be like the the, the vice of household mm -hmm. here this man was like i don't care what you say this man healed me does it take a personal <laughs> transformation right. for us to speak out loud about right. christ right right do we have to be blind and then see even if it's a spiritual blindness, right? Do you have to have that revelation before you testify on the rooftops? Yeah. And if you do have it, how long before you testify? Do you then become quiet when you're in a mixed group? Right. Because I'm a lot at work in very mixed group. Not everyone is Christian. And I'm cognizant about that. And I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. But yeah, I want to be proud of who I am. And I want to be an example. When people ask me, like, why are these things happening or whatever? Or how do you feel this? I tell them it's God. I tell them my testimony in, in, in bites, Increments, you know? right. Like, course. I don't give them a whole sermon. But I, I tell them, like, these snippets mm -hmm. of how God is good and how this is my faith. And this is my faith walk. And 
people are supportive of that, right? Because whatever makes you feel good and you're going to do your job and right. be nice and pleasant, right. they're going to, but I don't, I'm not affirmatively outward right. on it. And, and maybe that's something that needs to change. Okay. You know, I think that's a great point. And that's why I love these discussions because it, you know, at the time we're reading it, we're not thinking about it. But as we're going through these discussions, we're, be we're becoming, we're beginning to unravel and peel these layers and self-reflect, which is what this is about. This is what our spiritual faith walk with Christ is all about. So I can't wait to discuss this on the live. So stay tuned for announcements and a closing prayer. First, we would like to announce that we'll be back next Wednesday to discuss Season 2, Episode 27 on the miracle of healing a woman who was unable to stand upright. We are super delighted to be back on tonight with our Wisdom Wednesday's YouTube Live discussion where we will be discussing your season past to miracles and how we can all access our very own miracles through our personal walk with Jesus Christ. This will take place tonight at our new time of 8 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. If you haven't done so already, we are continuing to fill our jars of joy with a note, scripture, prayer, or just something God has done for you in the name of Jesus. Now, it's not too late to catch up. We are only in week 10. In the last podcast of the year, we will empty out our jars or boxes and take turns reading our blessings. Lastly, our weekly podcast, Treading Faith, is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Please check out our Instagram page for updates. And if you like us, just spread the news and follow us. Click that like button, and then you can easily just comment, share with your family, friends, and neighbors alike. Now let us join together in prayer because we believe in the power of prayer, specifically praying from the text of the Bible. God desires that we come to him and be restored back into his grace and mercy. Isaiah 55, 11 says, God's word does not come back void. Since our prayers are strengthened in numbers, we ask that you come into agreement with us for this closing prayer. Gracious and Holy Father, give us the wisdom to discover you, the intelligence to understand you, and the diligence to seek after you. Heavenly Father, give us the heart to meditate upon you and a life to proclaim you through the power of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. God, you know us so well. You created us. You know the number of our hairs on our head, and you even know the thoughts conceived in our hearts before we could ever vocalize them. Heavenly Father, you told us to come to you and ask for every need of life. You are our Jehovah Rapha. You are our healer, and you have the final word on our destiny. Heavenly Father, we are coming to you today as your child, longing to hear from you and asking for your divine healing. There's no such thing as ever asking for too much, Father God, because you can answer all of our prayers as long as we have faith and we believe in you. We also know, Father God, that we have to continue to ask for forgiveness. Forgive us, Father God, for all of our sins and cleanse us Cleanse us of all our, our righteousness, Heavenly Father, and begin your healing from the inside out. We don't always know what your will is, Father God, but we trust in you, O oh Lord, wholeheartedly. Lord, especially in times like now, 
where we desperately seek your face. We offer you our promise. We don't have to bargain with you, Father God. We just have to trust in your will. Heavenly Father, we ask that you continue to cover us, continue to cover our family members, and continue to cover for those who cannot pray and ask for it for themselves, Father God. Father God, you tell us to love thy neighbor, and you tell us to be our brother's keeper, Father God. So we ask that you continue to bless and grace us with that mercy, Father God. However you choose to accomplish your will, Father God, it is okay with us. In Jesus' precious name, you are our rock. You are our redeemer. May you continue to cover us in your grace. Amen. We thank you. We appreciate you. And we love you. We hope to see you all tonight. 8 p.m. sharp. Bye.